What's up, everybody? You're on Money Moves, and I'm Michael Munsterman. Today's episode, no frame, no game. No frame, no game. This is one of those conversations that quite possibly one of the most important lessons that I think that I could ever put out in a podcast. This is more than just, I want you to get excited and I want you to leave this podcast motivated and I want you to follow through on whatever it is that you've got going on. This is an applicable skill that you can take to nearly any area of your life. You know, in a world of cell phones and social media and all of the other distractions that we have, one of the areas that I think people are lost the most is in just basic communication skills. I sit by and watch people, especially in the automotive industry, I watch as they attempt to negotiate. I watch as they try to communicate their points clearly and effectively. And I see this in my personal relationships and my friendships. I watch as different people that I know come into strife with one another. One of them gets offended and the other one tries to pick up the pieces or fix it. I watch as my daughters navigate different kinds of relationships and I listen to the way that communication happens between them and and their friends when they're describing the situation or their siblings or us and, and then I listen to how they resolve it externally with the people around them. And although I've talked to them since they were very small about proper ways to communicate when there's a problem or proper ways to communicate when they're frustrated or proper ways to communicate when they feel like they need to get their point across, I still watch them fumble the ball. I believe that in order for you to recognize that in everything we're trying to communicate, this no frame, no game conversation has a place. And essentially at its core, when I'm referring to framing a conversation, I'm referring to setting the rules of the conversation, to laying the groundwork of everything that's going to be said or communicated, of recognizing that there's a structure to everything that you're trying to accomplish. You know, and I'm not going to jump back and forth between multiple conversations in this. I think that there's a place for another podcast where we talk about framing marketing, framing sales, framing closing. So I'm just going to talk to you about the frame of of more of a relationship frame. This is the frame of that you would use when you want to communicate with someone who's frustrated, with someone who's upset, with someone that you have to have a crucial conversation with. This is the structure for when you want to have that conversation with somebody and you feel like you could be walking into a lion's den where it could be very hostile, where the person's already upset and you may or may not be the cause. But the perception of the other person who you need to communicate with believes that you are. This is something that I use nearly every day when I'm active inside of one of my businesses. It works with employees when they're upset. It works whenever I'm upset with an employee. It works when a customer is upset. It works whenever a customer is happy, but I just need to frame the conversation and control the flow. 
to put certain belief systems to rest before they take opportunity to grab hold and to position myself where I have permission to speak into someone's life who maybe doesn't trust me out of the get. This is framing. And so not a lot of hoopla to this. I'm going to just jump right in because I I think that there's a lot that I want to cover. And, and as we go through it, this is one that you're probably going to need to listen to a time or two. And I'm going to give you real life examples of framing conversations, at least hypothetical real life. I'll run, I'll run through several different versions and I'll give you my take on the, on the four parts of the frame. And it's pretty simple, literally four sides to a frame. Imagine a picture frame. You're getting ready to paint an elaborate picture in somebody's mind. Maybe it's to diffuse a situation. Maybe it's to sell a product. Maybe it's whatever. But before you can paint your picture, you have to frame the area that you're going to paint. And the painting comes from your words and your ability to articulate your situation, your ability to convey a message to someone clearly with a purpose that you define before you go into it. This is step one before you ever begin to frame your conversation is ensuring that you're emotionally in the right spot to have the conversation. How many times have you been pissed off at somebody because they were pissed off at you and you've went in guns a blazing and your, your emotions are peaked and you just start lobbing rocks at the glass house, right? Like you're just chucking them and they pick them up and throw them right back at yours. Now you're in an all out war with somebody that you never wanted to fight with to begin with. If you would have just taken a couple hours to walk away and settle down, you would have been in a position where you could have stepped into a more peaceful situation. You could have potentially had a a very simple conversation where you both agree to the rules of the conversation and you both agree that if you follow the rules, you could potentially resolve it. So first and foremost, step one, before you ever begin to frame is just this, make sure that you're emotionally ready for the conversation. As this is something that you practice more and more, and as you actually think about the structure of conversations that you're having, you could be in education and talking to a student. You could be a student going in to talk to someone who intimidates you. This framing works with absolutely anyone, employer to employee, employee to employer, husband to wife, wife to husband, parents to children, children to parents. It works. So what's the frame? step one of the frame requires a little bit of forethought before you go into the conversation. In fact, you should have the entire frame built out in your mind before you ever begin to talk. You might have to attempt to build a frame and find out that it's not buildable at this time and you have to be the bigger person and walk away, which is fine. Do that. The win will come and it's not even just about winning like win, yay, I get the point. That's not the point. The point winning is peace. Finding resolve, finding redemption, a mutually beneficial objective at the end of a crucial conversation. So step one's recognition. These are statements that begin like this. It's it's more of a water test statement. It's, I appreciate where you're coming from and what you said earlier. Or, hey, I understand that I've been crazy busy lately. I've been, I know you. I know right now you don't see this, but I've been where you are. You know, I've been watching 
this unfold the last little bit, what you're doing is you're beginning the conversation. Typically, this is in a semi-tense environment where someone's looking at you or not looking at you, but it's very intent either way. You're setting the mood and it's serious. You're making solid eye contact. You're addressing them one-on-one. Typically, this is a conversation that you're having when you're not around a bunch of people. When you're really good at this, you can have a framed conversation just about anywhere. And if you do it appropriately and respectfully, you can do it without like it blowing up into something that it doesn't need to be. But step one is, hey, I feel like we need to have a conversation and I'm testing the waters. I appreciate what you said earlier. I could tell that you were a little agitated with with what I said. That's recognition. That's acknowledging that there's another person involved in this and you know where they are. You can word that however you want. Make it comfortable for you. Look, I really appreciate what you said earlier. Um, I took a little time because I wanted to think about this before I circled back around to talk to you. You see, because the recognition statement leaves, leads almost seamlessly into their believed position. So it's super simple. I appreciate what you said earlier. I recognize what I said maybe upset you. You see what I just did there? I went from, I'm testing the waters. I'm letting them know, hey, I appreciate where you are right now. And I see that I potentially upset you. This is frame one. This is the first board on your four-sided frame. This is me saying to somebody, hey, I recognize where you are. And I think I've got a pretty good idea of how you're feeling right now. You know, to the administrator and the student. Thanks for coming in. I feel like we need to have a conversation. I'm sure you're pretty anxious about where we are right now. Or I know when I was your age, walking into the principal's office, this was a stressful environment for me. I know when I was called aside from the rest of the students, this is where it put me. You see, sometimes people, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole yet. I'll just say that I'll leave this very, very short. Sometimes people in authority don't take the time to frame. They think that I'm in authority so I can just boss. You lose so much power. You lose so much trust. And you'll find that when you begin to frame conversations with people, that they'll actually work harder for you. They'll rise to a greater occasion. They'll take on more responsibility. They'll carry heavier weights and they'll do it with a smile. Students will, it'll alter the way that they think about you because they'll feel obligated to treat you with the same respect and dignity that you did them. Quick story. I remember one time when a high school teacher pulled me aside and I thought, oh, she is going to yell. I have been a total pain in the butt. Like I don't do my homework. I obviously get the other students riled up. And she said, hey, I know what it was like to be in high school. It wasn't that long ago for me. I really admire you. The other students follow you. And I can tell that that makes you feel good. It was one of the most brilliant frames that any teacher had ever, and she continued with the frame format and, and, and like retro, like now looking back, I see that she framed the conversation. Then I'll use that as an example throughout this, because just sitting here thinking about that, it was one of the most powerful frames that a teacher ever used on me and it worked. Second, you stepped into what I would call the wisdom intro. This is the known objections. Sometimes I call this the M&M close. So after I say, hey, I certainly understand where you are, and I recognize that this is probably how you feel, then I step in, if I'm watching intently, 
I'm watching for places where they begin to interrupt. I'm watching for places where they start to shake their head, where they bat their eyes, where I see emotion flashes. Like I'm looking at this person on purpose to see if I'm heading down the right path or not. The next bit of the conversation rolls into very quickly. Here's what I think that I've done that you're going to want to talk about. X, Y, Z. You know, I know I got a little bit hostile earlier. I rose, raised my voice to you or yeah, I didn't get that thing done that I said I was going to get done. And that's super irritating. I get it. And essentially this is a diffusing. And the reason I call it the M&M close at the end of eight mile, if you've ever seen that movie, there's a battle rap happening. And the entire movie, all of these guys who were, who were Eminem's adversaries, like all of the people who were giving Eminem a hard time throughout the entire movie, they kept just pounding his face in that he was white trash, that he grew up in a trailer park, that he lived in a trailer with his mom, that one of his friends shot himself. And so he gives him a hard time about that. And, and his best friend is, is kind of an uncle Tom. Like he's, he brown everybody and, and tries to be friends with everybody and wouldn't actually really pick a side. And, and he just goes through this long list and, you know, all of these guys in a, in this gang that kind of run around and it's the group that's his, his biggest, like they beat him up and one of them stole his girlfriend. And, and, and so in the final scene of eight mile, he stands on stage and he's getting ready for this final rap battle. And that's, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar, a rap battle is like, I diss you for 90 seconds and then you diss me for 90 seconds. And then the crowd cheers for whoever wins the, the battle. And so Eminem gets up there on stage in this final scene against Papa Doc, that, that's the leader of this gang. And he, and he basically says, yeah, look, I am white trash. I do live with my mom. My, my buddy Cheddar Bob did shoot himself. My buddy is an uncle Tom. And he goes into this elaborate, like, and he just, he just spills his guts about everything that this guy's getting ready to say and then destroys him the second half of, of his, of his turn tosses him the mic and says, here, tell these fools something they don't know about me. And he just kind of backs up and stares at the guy intently. And the guy's speechless because he couldn't, yeah, you're, you live in a trailer park. Yeah, I just said that. You know, we use this and we use the M&M clothes in the car business often. The M&M clothes goes something like this. We know we sell used cars and you can't trust a used car salesman. We recognize that. We recognize that you want to know the price of the vehicle. You could care less about payment. You want to know that there's a quality service department standing behind a vehicle that's went through the vehicle and it's going to deliver a quality product to you, our customer. And we've done all of that. Let me tell you a little bit about our history. Blah, 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 blah. Like it's an elaborate frame. But inside of that frame, in step two, we do a little bit of a, win, a wisdom intro. And that is, it's been my experience that... So that's my wisdom intro. Like, hey, I recognize we just met. We're in the car business. And I I know you've got to be a little bit concerned going from one car lot to the next. That's really kind of a grind. It's exhausting, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's pretty frustrating and get a little bit of a chuckle. Well, it's been my experience that most customers are experiencing that from dealership to dealership. And the things that they're afraid of, M&M clothes, they're afraid of somebody high pressuring them. They're afraid of somebody, you know, selling them a lemon. They're afraid of, did they really check it out in service? Did they change the oil? Are they going to stand behind this vehicle once they get the sale? Or are they just going to sell the car and then that's it? And then we proceed 
to kind of leave that soft for a second. So we, we essentially what I'm doing in that moment and, and I'll, I'll, I'll use it another example of this frame, but I'll finish this, this thought first is we magnify their fears. So you see in step one, we recognized what that, Hey, you're human, you're hurting. In step two, we said, it's been my experience that you're feeling this X, Y, Z use common sense. This is simple. And you magnify out, you speak, like basically you reach out and pour a little bit of salt on the wound of, I know this is what you're feeling. Now we've got two sides of the frame. Wow. Okay. So this is a long one and we've just covered two sides of the frame. I want you to jump back in here tomorrow and find out the other two legs of the frame. Like this is, I can't stress enough how critical this conversation is. And I definitely want you to be able to step into a place where you are able to execute on conversations, especially the crucial conversations. This is something that you can apply. This is something you can take and build off of and make it your own, make it fit into your world and whatever your situation is. So I'll see you tomorrow for No Frame, No Game, Part 2.